0: What's up guys, welcome back to another Daily Bible Reading Snapshot. Today we're looking at Genesis 27 and 28, and then we're finishing Matthew 9 in the New Testament. So here in chapter 27, we see the official transition over to Jacob. Jacob is now the main character of the book of Genesis as we read, and it says that there's a situation that before Isaac dies, he wants to bless his son Esau, and he says, hey, go out, make some food for me, hunt some game, bring it to me, make me that stew that you like, and... I'm going to eat it, and I'll bless you, and then I'm probably going to die pretty soon. So Rebecca overhears this, which remember, Rebecca is the mastermind of this story, as you read. She's the one who initiates this. She says, hey, Jacob, I just heard this thing that your dad said. Why don't you go prepare the stew, and and you figure this out, and then you go in there, and you pretend to be Esau, then you could be blessed. And Jacob has a bunch of questions. He's like, wait, no, no, no. Like, he smells different. He he looks different. And she says, don't worry. He's like almost blind. He won't notice. So we get Jacob tricking his blind dad, okay, all spurred on by his mom. His mom is telling him to trick his blind dad. Like, this is bad stuff. Okay, this is not good. But even through this which is the amazing thing in the book of Genesis. And we see it at the end of the book of Genesis, where in Genesis 50, 20, Joseph recognizes that a lot of these people meant things for evil, but God meant them for good. That God can bring something good about through the evil actions of people is an amazing attribute of God. It's an amazing thing that God does often. So it says here that he does this. He pretends to be Esau. He puts on this cloak so that he's got the hairy arms like Esau. He smells like Esau. And... And Jacob is blessed by his father. And his father says, See the smell of my son as the smell of the field that is blessed by the Lord. May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you, which is an extension of... Of the promise that God made to Abraham, that then he again made to Isaac, that Isaac is now passing on to Jacob, unknowingly to Jacob, but God knows, okay? God knows that this is Jacob. And obvi- well, obviously, God knows this is Jacob. But that's the whole point, that's the whole plan. Um, and then after he's done blessing him, Jacob leaves, Esau shows up, and Isaac freaks out because he says, I thought, who are you? Who are you? and Esau's like it's me. It's Esau, and he says I gave you the blessing to another, and Esau gets so upset, he he starts weeping. He's like, Father, give me something, give me a blessing. And and Esau said, or uh, Isaac said, No, it's too late. I said that Jacob would be the Lord over you, that all of his brothers would serve him. So you know, it takes to be you at this point because you're you're in trouble here. And he says he came deceitfully, and he says by the sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break the yoke off your neck. So there's some hope for Esau. It says Esau hated Jacob because of this. And he comforted himself only with the thought that I'm going to kill my brother when my father is dead. And that was bad. And he wasn't able to do that. He's not going to be able to do that because God's going to protect him. But then he took a Hittite wife and he says, you know, he's so, like I said last time, he's a stench in the, in the nose of his parents. And then it says, Rebecca says, you can't do this, Jacob. You need to get out of here. You need to flee for your life and go find a wife. So he does that. Chapter 28, that's what chapter 28 is all about. Jacob goes to Laban, remember, Rebecca's brother. So he's going to go there and he meets some people. And as he's going, there's this blessing on him. He says, May he give the blessing, may the Lord give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojourning that God gave to Abraham, right? So that, then he leaves. So then he's gone. And Esau, it says, Mary's an Ishmaelite, Jacob dreams. And what does Jacob dream? Well, God speaks to him in a dream. He says, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And I want you to pause and think, who is the original audience? Who's reading this for the first time? A bunch of Israelites that are gonna come back into the land that are gonna take possession of the land. Remember that. So as you're reading, if you're one of these Israelites and you're reading this, you're getting hope because you're seeing God made this promise. He made it to Abraham, he made it to Isaac, now he's making it to Jacob. I can trust that we can take the land. That's what the the end result should be for the original audience here. So then it says, in this place, Jacob calls it Bethel, which means house of God, Beth-el, house of God. And he says that, he says, this is God's house. This is where God met me. So that's our Old Testament reading today. In the New Testament, we're looking at the end of Matthew 9. So Jesus is gonna continue to do signs and miracles. First thing he does is he restores this girl to life who was dead, this ruler's daughter. He comes and says, heal my daughter. She's about to die and she is dead right? And then it says, on the way, this woman touches Jesus's garment and has so much faith that she says, if only I can just get near Jesus and touch his garment, then I will be healed from this disease and sickness that all the doctors can't figure out. And surprisingly enough to everyone else, this woman's faith is listened to by God and God heals her. Jesus heals her through this. And then it says, after this, she he, Jesus goes to the house. So this is one of those w- interesting scenes where the beginning of a healing takes place because the, the the man comes and talks to Jesus. He's on his way to do another healing and a healing takes place in between here with this woman. And then he finally does the healing that he was intending to do at the beginning here. He raises this girl to life. And he even tells the people, hey, go away. I know you're making a commotion. I know you're singing you know, the funeral songs. Just go away. No need for that. This girl's sleeping. They all laugh at him, but he goes in. He takes her by the hand and he raises her from the dead. Which again, this is showing Jesus has resurrection power. So if you ever doubt Jesus, remember, he can raise people from the dead. He's done it in the past. He did it to himself, and he's going to do it to all of us too. Then it says he heals two blind men, and it says, according to your faith, be it done to you. Faith, faith, faith. That shows up in Matthew all the time. Do we have faith in Jesus? Do these people have faith in Jesus? If they do, good things happen. If they don't, they're rebuked for it, just like the disciples in the last chapter. Then it says here, He's. Jesus heals this man who's unable to speak. And the Pharisees then blame this on, uh, on demons. They say, well, Jesus must have demons that dispossess other demons, which doesn't really make sense. And Jesus is going to get into that later. But that's the beginning of this, which is going to really uh, hit more of a stride in Genesis or in Matthew chapter 12. We're going to see more of that. So the thing that I want to bring you to last here, the end of the, our reading today, is I think the main summary and the point of how Jesus felt about these people. Says that he got there to to all these villages. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He's healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. That's the key characteristic of Jesus. He sees people and has compassion. He feels in his heart for them because he looks at them and he says, They're helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd. Seeing people that are vulnerable doesn't make him prideful and look down on them and say, oh yeah, these people are terrible. It does the opposite. It makes him have compassion and it shows that that's Jesus's heart for these people. It needs to be ours. And then Jesus turns to the disciples and says, hey, look at all the, the these people. The fields are white for harvest. You need to ask and plead earnestly with God that he would send out more laborers. So when you see a world that is hard to reach and people are lost in their sin, What it should do, first of all, is give you compassion. You should have compassion on them. And then the second thing is you need to pray earnestly that God would send out laborers into the harvest field. And I think the more you pray that and the more earnest you are in asking God for that, the better harvester you will be, the better disciple maker you will be, the better evangelist that you will be. The more you're prayerfully, earnestly asking God to bring up more leaders and more disciples, the better leader and discipler you're gonna be. Because you'll be like Jesus, having the heart of Jesus and doing the work that Jesus did, even if it's in a small way here on this earth. So thanks for reading. We'll see you back tomorrow for another Daily Bible Reading Snapshot.